Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number 48. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name's Eric Fisher. We're here each and every week to give you the latest news and updates as it relates to social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that other good stuff. And we talk about how we can fit it into our business and personal lives. Eric, it feels like it's been eons uh, for me since we last talked because I had a great holiday weekend uh, with my family and and taken a little time getting back into the flow of things. But how was your uh, holiday? It was good. I uh, I unplugged a bit. I think you did too, as I as I hear. I did unplug a bit. It was nice. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of nice. The only thing is, is mine was unintentional unplugging. Uh, <laughs> because I no longer have a jailbroken iPhone, um, I did not. I was not able to tether my Wi-Fi internet access over to my my iPad, and my iPad, gotcha. of course, is my content. Really, it is. It is my. Well, it's my laptop replacement. I haven't taken a laptop with me anywhere since I've had my iPad. And um, you know, when I was able to tether my internet from my iPhone to my iPad. I was using, I was interacting with blogs. I was Twittering a lot more and all this other stuff on the go. And this time, I'll be honest with you, I took my iPad and really I didn't use my iPad at all all weekend long because I didn't even have an edge connection uh, on the iPad. So I have a question for those out there who have iPads, by the way. If you happen to have an iPad 3G and you have the service on there, uh, does it work on edge in the event that there's an edge connection, but not 3G. That's something I need to know. I almost think that it's the same. I think it's true. I think you can. I mean, I don't personally have that, but I think in the same sense that an iPhone 3G uses edge, I think they're they're naming the iPad 3G to let you know it has data. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, we should ask Wayne Henderson. He's got an iPad 3G. Oh, well, then Wayne would know. We'll, we'll talk to him. So anyway, that, that's, that was what was going on here. My, my unplugging was not as intentional as maybe you might think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I don't like Twittering as much from my iPhone. I like, I like to be able to read right. and experience things on a bigger screen and, and stuff. And my iPhone's good for, you know, the absolute necessities of, you know, hey, I need to send out this or I need to check my email or I need to just send out uh SMS message. I mean, I love my iPhone 4, don't get me wrong, but um, when it comes to sitting back, relaxing, and consuming some content, interacting with people, browsing Facebook, or something like of that nature, it's really the iPad screen that I like. And uh, I never found myself doing a whole lot of the other stuff on my, my previous iPhones before the iPad. So the iPad has opened up a whole new category for me. And uh, I'm really I'm really thinking, you know, maybe the 3G model might be something that that would be more in line or a way of getting my Internet access over to my iPad so I can stay connected. Now, would you wait to see how soon they have a new hardware upgrade before doing that or 
I think I probably would. I think I probably. I don't think I'm going to go out and get the uh, the first version 3G. Um, I think I think at this point I'll probably wait around, and not to mention the fact that I'll probably wait around for a jailbroken, uh, a solid jailbreak for the uh, iPhone 4 until I get some official legal tethering options from Apple that will allow me to do this. Yeah. Well, and this kind of ties into our quest for audio feedback or otherwise uh, on the best mobile social media apps out there because obviously we have a Mac bias being primarily Mac users. But, I mean, you know, and we'll take those calls too. But uh, we'd like to hear more about, say, BlackBerry or, you know, other Android-type phones as well as, you know, iPad and uh, iPhone um, mobile social media apps. Right. So I'm always browsing the categories. Uh, Let me ask you this, Eric. When you you go into the app store, what what categories do you find yourself browsing the most? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, To be honest, I will uh, primarily right now, I am looking for some really good games. Because I want to have some games to play with my daughter on the iPad. And there's just not... I mean, there's the standard, you know, Angry Birds and the other popular ones, but there's got to be some better ones out there, you know. But I would say I, I, I check social media I set, or social networking, I think is what they have it named as. Um, I check, uh, let's see, I check business just to see if there's any or and or productivity um, and utilities a couple of those. I even check healthcare and fitness, even though lose it still rocks. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I pretty much, I mean, I, I sometimes will get bored and go browsing some other categories, but mostly I'm in the productivity, social networking and business. Those are the three areas that I stay in the most. Um, now as far as gaming is concerned and tying this into social media serenity, I will say that there are a couple of games that I play that are social networking type games. Okay. Uh, I do play We Rule, uh, and I don't know why I play it because it is absolutely one hundred percent completely pointless. You, you play it because you didn't start playing it back when I started playing it, and since stopped. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> there, there is absolutely no point to it whatsoever. Uh, but I'm holding out that maybe one day they'll introduce some some kind of reason for this. I mean, really, the social networking. What you do is you get this ability to. Um, you you get this plot of land, and you have a you have a little castle, and you can build houses, and you can build you plant crops, and as you plant crops, you you harvest them, you get more money and and experience points, and you continually level up. I mean that that's the whole deal. Now the social networking part of this is that you have neighboring kingdoms. So for example, my son, for example, uh, Matt, he has a kingdom that that I'm connected to. And I can go and buy things from different stores that he has. And he can buy things from me. And as, as, as I deliver those things to him, it gives him increased points, uh, experience points, and, and all this other stuff. And, 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 and so there, there's this going back and forth. But to be honest with you, it's missing a critical element to this game. And that is the ability to do something at a much deeper level, such as to... Um, I think there needs to be more trading that goes on or, you know, kind of a merchant kind of situation. 
Um, or it would be better if they would actually add like a, a kind of a, a battle component to it. Yeah, so I, the, I, I want to fight. I want to just I don't want to just rule. I want to fight. Yes, I, I want to be able to do Age of Empires kind of stuff. Yeah, I want to be able to create my army and I want to to build them up and then I want to uh, send them to neighboring uh, kingdoms and I want to dominate and overcome and and take over their kingdoms. That's what I want to do, but it doesn't have it. And so it's really at this point, it's kind of pointless, but I continue to level up um, and, and just play it once every 12 hours with my magic cauliflower and uh, just hoping that one day they'll add some kind of component like that, which I think they'll have to, I mean, really it's, it's, it's kind of stupid without it. Yeah. It's, it's gotta have some kind of incentivizing, added in because after i mean they've done they've done it a couple times where they've added new stuff but it's not been anything that's really been a game changer and they really need to do that sometime soon exactly then again there's so many people playing farmville for the exact same reasons and they're still doing it so <laughs> yeah i have never gotten into farmville and not looking into that one at all another no. another social gaming uh game that i use um but don't really play it enough but that's okay you, you don't have to is words with friends and right. the words with friends is available both on the iphone and it's also available on the ipad in an hd version which gives you a, a much better look at the screen uh, but both of them work very well and um, I have a couple games that I have go back and forth with some friends of mine, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's basically Scrabble, and you can I mean you can have one game and it can stretch across the span of two or three weeks. It doesn't matter. It's you play when you want to play, and uh, and and it's a lot of fun. So, I'm still looking for some people to join me on chess. See, I don't play chess. I don't know how to play chess. I, I play. I got a Star Wars chess game once uh, on the computer, and I learned where R two D two could go, and I learned where Chewy Chewbacca could go, and stuff <laughs> like that. But I don't know how that translates to real chess pieces. So, <laughs> unless you unless unless there's still some Star Wars out there, I'm not going to be able to beat you. And of course, I forgot how all the, even all that worked. Yeah. Well, if anybody out there that's listening plays chess, there's a chess.com app that's free for iPhone and iPad, and it'll let us take turns going back and forth playing a, a virtual chess game. And I'd love to do that with anybody out there. So very, hit me up on Twitter. Very cool. So um, basically what we've been talking about is social media games, but we're, th- these are social media apps. I, I think that this is a way yeah. to connect with people. In fact, there are some people like, f- with example, uh, Words with Friends. One of my favorite features of that Scrabble game is that you have the ability to kind of send text messages back and forth in between plays. And those, right. those are there when you get in the next time. So uh, that's really a category we've not touched on before um, here on Social Media Serenity. But uh, I think I think it's something to ask people. Do you have any kind of, um, uh, you know, social media game that you like playing? Uh, well, and while we're while we're on a social media game, quote unquote, there is a new app out there. I wasn't planning on talking about this called Get Glue. Not okay. sure if you've heard of this, but it's a free app. It's an iPhone app, and it's like Foursquare, but for homebodies. Oh, okay. And what it is, is essentially you can connect with your Twitter and Facebook friends by 
checking in when you're either reading a certain book or watching a certain TV show or movie or interacting with something in, in that realm, like a media type of a piece, instead of a location-based thing like Foursquare and all those. I mean, don't we already do that with Twitter anyway? We, we kind of do. I, so I don't get that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand what the appeal would be there. I mean, it, I guess maybe they'll probably add the badges like you're a book nerd or something like that, the book nerd badge. Yeah. I think there, it, it says you can earn points and win free stuff, but again, we've talked about winning free stuff on this show before, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're not going to go there again. But I, I think some people out there may be interested in this. I know some people that you know it'd be it'd be great to hey, I'm I'm doing this, and oh, I'll, I guess I'll send that out to my friends. Even though, yeah, a lot of people already. I, I guess till you just said that it didn't click. We do a lot of that already. People out on social media, we say what we're doing and, and all that all the time. Right. But still, worth J- mentioning. Jonathan says, if it's circling people around media, it can be a discovery tool for people who like the same media as you that's do. That's true. So that that's true. But I've, like I said, I found that to be exactly the case of why I use Twitter. I mean, I, that's how I'm learning about what media other people are consuming is, is I'm already getting a lot of that. I, I guess it would be more focused yeah, but, well, it's a it's a free app. It's worth maybe downloading, seeing what you think, and right. Yeah, and what's it. what's it called again? Get glue. Get glue. G L U E. Yes. All right. Alrighty. So get glue. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about some of the news that's going on out there. And by the way, give us a call eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Again, the phone number eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Social media applications now these can be for your iphone android whatever the case may be give us a call give us a little thought on an app that you enjoy using let us know how you how it works and stuff like that um you know about two minutes or less would be great and we will include it in an upcoming show all right so twitter to publish shopping deals yeah um there's a they've created an an account called early bird or at early bird and from what it seems to me to be is going to be sort of Woot-like. If you know what Woot is, it's like they have a daily deal. Uh, and actually, they just got bought by Amazon, which is kind of cool. But um, essentially, this is another attempt by Twitter to monetize themselves, which, you know, good for them. Keep trying new things. And essentially, what it is is that if you follow that account, earlybird.com or not earlybird.com at earlybird okay you can and it, right now it's already got about 20,000 followers i'm one of them i just figured hey let's see what deals they tweet out right there'll be discounted deals that are um from their sponsors so you know somebody could go to approach twitter and say hey we're going to give you a really deep discount deal you can tweet this out and it's good for you it's good for us We'll see what happens, but well, I'll tell you I, what, I think it could be good. I'll go ahead and follow it, but I'm not going to send the alerts to my phone. Yeah. <clears throat> or should I? I don't know. Maybe, I mean... I don't think it'll work without without doing it. It sounds to me, if it's like Woot, you have to get there before they run out kind of deal. Yeah. They haven't said that particularly, that it's, that it's going to be a first-come, first-serve, limited amount of whatever. All it does say is that Twitter's saying they're going to partner with select advertisers and retweet offers that they've crafted only for this Twitter community. 
Okay. So you won't find the ad anywhere else but on this Twitter account. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm I'm following it and I turned on text notifications so that, or, you know, wait a second. You know what I did? Let me, uh, do I have, I thought I turned my mobile off. Um, Okay. It does say, this is Twitter's official account uh, blog saying, given the name and nature of the account, it won't surprise you that offers are always time sensitive and sometimes supply sensitive. Yeah, that's what I had figured. That's the only reason this makes sense. Uh, I'm going to have to turn off my notifications because I actually, let me explain. I actually turned off my, I I deactivated all notifications from Twitter going to my SMS these days. Oh yeah. And the reason why is because I'm using boxcar again. And yeah. the problem that I continually ran into, and it, 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 okay, I've been using Twitter since 2007, early 2007, and I still cannot get over this habit that you know direct messages are automatically sent to me via text message, and it never fails. I assume that because it comes into my SMS that that's a SMS message. Right, and so what do I do? I go and I reply to a private direct message with a public response on Twitter. Oh, and, and I've had that happen to me five, six, seven times, and I finally, I, I've decided, you know, what, enough is enough. No more, tw- no more direct messages to my SMS. Yeah, I want, I, I want, I want to get my direct messages sent to me. But that's why I've went back to Boxcar so that I can actually have them sent to me via push notification. Right. Now, anybody who uses Boxcar and some of the other push notification services, you know there could be a, a little bit of a delay. Uh, so there is a workaround inside of Boxcar so that you can get immediate um, direct yeah, messages. Yeah, with the, the instant, the, the instant, instant direct message. Yes. And so what you do is you have to... You have to tell uh, Twitter to send you an email every time you get a direct message. And I went into, and then what you have to do is you have to tell your Gmail or your email client to automatically forward any email that's sent as a direct message. Um, You have to tell it to forward that to a specific boxcar email address, which will then immediately ping your phone. Uh, So what I did is I actually told Gmail, I created a filter. It says, hey, anytime you get an email from Twitter that's, you know, that is definitely this direct message, I want you to, I want you to, number one, mark it as read, number two, archive it, and number three, forward it to this email address. So it never hits my inbox. Right. But it does immediately get sent to me. And so now I get a, I get a push notification of direct messages and if I click to open it, it should open up my Boxcar or it should open up a Twitter app of my choice. Which, by the way, in Boxcar, I don't think the Twitter for iPhone is one of the options in there. It's Tweety. Oh, is that so if you do it's Tweety? It's still called Tweety, yeah. That's stupid. Boxcar people fix that. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I turn out, so now, uh, the course the, you know, before I was only getting, you know, uh, notifications, uh, of, of certain people I was getting, uh, anytime, you know, Stephanie, my wife, uh, Megan, my daughter or Matthew, my son, anytime the three of them would Twitter out, I would have those anytime they said something, I would have that sent to my phone. And so I, when I knew when I turned off the notifications, I wouldn't get those anymore. 
So I learned that Boxcar has a list feature so that you can actually follow a list. And anytime somebody on that list sends out a message, it will then, you know, send you a push notification. And so I created a list of my family and then set it up so that that list would then uh, activate my phone. And what's really cool is that um, I'm able to assign different sounds for direct messages and a different sound for my family members. And so I'm actually liking this. But now I recognize, you know, if I wanted to get early bird notifications, the only thing I'd, I'd actually have to turn on my notifications via SMS or I'd have to create a list for this. Right. Uh, anyway, I just thought I, I wish that I could I could connect my mobile phone to my Twitter account and tell it not to DM, not to send me DMs via te- SMS. Can uh, well, I don't I don't get them that way. I'm not sure. Did you set it up in your Twitter account and never turn it off? All right. So here you go. If you go to settings and you go to mobile. All right. And then there's right here. There's device updates on off and direct messages. But if you turn it on, I believe you automatically get direct messages sent to your phone via SMS. Yeah, I've never turned it on. Oh, well, so you're not getting push. You're not getting text notifications then of any of your followers. No, or any I, of people I, you follow. No. See, I I had that's, been. I use Boxcar for that solely. Yeah. I don't use Twitter for now, that. Now, to do multiple, to follow multiple people, do you have to pay? Is it still in-app purchases that you have to pay for additional items? No. No, because Boxcar itself went free, and so as long as you had purchased something from them before, you don't get... It's now ad revenue um, supported. Oh, okay. And so you can add additional, uh, you know, an email account push or... Twitter list or all those different options in Boxcar uh, for free. Okay, that's cool. So, well, that is good to know. I I would turn it off. I would completely turn off the whole text messaging option in Twitter in your account itself, and then just use Boxcar. Yeah, so I could actually go in and tell Boxcar, say, "Hey, do a search on you know or." Follow, well, can you actually tell it to follow one individual? Because I don't want to do a search for at early bird because I don't want all the retweets. You can just create, I mean, I would create a list. And just do create a list for Throw that bird. one in there and just. Yeah. See, I just don't like those don't, extra steps. That's what I'm saying. I know. But you so, set it up once and it's done. It's like creating yeah, a, an email rule. But really what you're doing is you're creating a fake list. And yeah, I hate fake lists. And and also the th- list has to be public. So I don't like the fact that I had to actually put my three family members in a public oh, in a yeah. public list. Uh, not That's I mean Ma- Matthew and Megan's accounts are both set as private, so it's not a big deal. Right. But still, I didn't like that either. So Boxcar, hello, let's talk. Uh, I'd love to love to tell you um, what I think about some of the services that could improve the already awesome app that you have. All right. So, didn't you say they were interested in coming on? I I never got a response, but I I did a I did win an iPad, so I felt lucky. So, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pursue that again. I I didn't get a response. So, alrighty. What's next on our agenda? 
Let's see. Well, you are more connected on Twitter than you think you are. Okay. There's a it's a technology uh, article from the New York Times, and it's talking about how there's evidence to support that between they, they use the whole. Let's go back. Let me start over. Ninety-seven. They state that ninety-seven point nine one percent. So basically, almost ninety-eight percent of Twitter users are within six degrees of connection to each other. I thought it was saying that it's much more than that. That that in real life, you, there's the six degrees of separation that, that's been scientifically proven. But it's more like three degrees of separation on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Average number, it's 4.67 number of degrees between Twitter users. So it's just under five. Okay, so yeah, that, so that was a little over four. So, so you're actually more connected to people through relationships on Twitter than you are in real life. Yeah. Which, wait a second. In real life, if you're on Twitter, then you've automatically just reduced the number of separation. That's true. I mean, it's saying on average, it takes visiting 3.32 friends of friends for users to find one of their own followers. Right. So that's, so that's actually even closer. Yeah. Like between, between, like if I were to look through, well, I know that like, for example, you and I have a lot of connected friends in, mm-hmm. that are, that are mutual. Um, like if we were to look at, comparing our two Facebook pages, so to speak, and look of look at the, you know, similar friends or friends that are the same or whatever that's called, um, we would see a lot of similarities. So if you take that over to Twitter, what they're saying is, is if I were to look through your friends, 3.32 of those would be, yeah, I'm saying this all wrong. It's a lot. It's close. It's really connected. <laughs> You know, what's weird, and, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go through this and see if I can find it real quick, uh, but do you you probably know, Chris, or, uh, Eric, I keep calling you Chris because <laughs> I just got to finish with the help I got back, but Eric, you probably know who Rebecca St. James is, right? Yes. All right. Do me a favor. In the chat room, I'm going to put a link, all right? I'm going to put a link. Now, at the when I first found out about this, Rebecca St. James uh, only followed 40 people. Okay. All right. And out of the 40 people that Rebecca St. James followed on Twitter, I was one of them. Huh. Now, not only that, but even today, this is this is a couple years later. Oh, shoot, you the link there. Okay, not a problem. But even a couple years later, she she now has 9,619 followers and and 104 she only follows 144. And for some reason, I'm still one You're of those people. Of huh. And so that's, I found that pretty interesting, you know, because every now and then I'll go and click. I click on my the followers to see who has started following me. And this was years ago. It just, it just, it's like Rebecca St. James is following you. It's like, okay, cool. Now, the thing is, though, I've reached out to her and sent her a direct message. And, you know, I asked her, I, it's like, why are you stalking me? No, seriously, I, <laughs> I I asked her, I said, you know, how did you find out about me? I saw that you've, you you uh, connected with me and she never did respond. So 
I don't know how much she actively follows those people, but I would imagine with only 144 people that she's following that I happen to, and I do know, by the way, she is, she's somewhat active. She's not really active. I mean, she's only got 404 tweets. And let me see when the last time she tweet tweeted was, um, uh, well, five seconds ago or wait, no, 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 no. 14 hours ago, 14 hours ago. Um, so anyway, she's, she, she Twitter's often enough that, I can assure you that I show up in her timeline and it's probably so much so that I'd be annoying if she wasn't interested in something that I'm saying. So I don't know what it, what it is, why, why she's following me. The only thing I do know is that she started following me right after she joined Ustream. And this is back when Ustream was brand new. And I was very, you know, of course, you know, I've been very active on Ustream ever since Ustream came out. And so I do know that the, I have to assume that the point of connection between Rebecca St. James and myself was through the connection of Ustream.tv. We were both pretty heavily involved in Ustream then. So, yeah, but I I just, I find it, I mean, she's somebody that, you know, obviously, gosh, way back in the day. You know, she's Christian, very popular, very, very uh, great Christian music artist that I've had a lot of respect for. And uh, it was neat to just one day, you know, look and see who's following you. And it's, it's all of a sudden this, this you know, Christian recording artist that you've enjoyed listening to for so many years. So yeah. you, you talk about degrees of separation. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> So, but yeah, I think we are more connected here. And, and now, of course, the question is, what is the value of the connections here versus real life connections? And I want to argue that they're pretty darn good. I would say so. I think that I'll, I'll be honest. I can get more people to, uh, I feel like my measure of influence is at least a larger amount of people on Twitter than it is in real life. And I have more deeper influence on a few select people, obviously in, in my day to day face to face interactions, but still, does that make sense? Like, yeah, you have more, I mean, you, you obviously have more influence over your immediate family and other face to face people, you know, but, you have a much broader, larger influence. Like, for example, I would have never watched the movie um, Food, Inc., even though my mom had said it was amazing, uh, until you and Stephanie talked about it on Family from the Heart. And then I thought, okay, I trust you guys. I'm going to watch it. Right. So, influence. So, so yeah, so there, there is influence. And so the potential here of you being only th- you know 3.5 or 4.7 degrees separated from somebody you desperately want to connect to, uh, depending on the, on the extent of the relationship you have with those connections that are connecting you uh, or they have with each other, there's a good likelihood that you could be introduced to somebody that you desperately would love to talk to. Yeah, or even, you know, have it be a great networking type of a tool. Exactly. Now, I was looking on Twitter earlier this uh, morning, and I noticed something that CC Chapman, a uh, friend of mine from Boston, posted uh, 15 hours ago on Twitter. And I put a link to it in the chat room and, and also put a link to you there. Uh, but anyway, he posted this. He says, LinkedIn works. A student that I connected to a company she wanted to meet was just had just landed a job with them. Love that. 
That's awesome. So, so here's this, this is that degree of separation. So CC Chapman was connected via LinkedIn to a company that somebody who was connected to CC Chapman, Chapman, that person wasn't connected to that company, but they saw that CC Chapman was had a decent and very good relationship with CC Chapman and says, Hey, can you introduce me to the company? CC Chapman, because of his relationship to the company and knowing this person well enough said, yeah, I feel comfortable introducing you to the company. And that person now has a job with that company. That my friends is the power of this degree of separation that we're talking about. That is old school networking personal networking at work in this new digital technologies. Absolutely. So I thought very cool stuff there. And uh, I, I'm glad that they did that study. And, and, and I kind of, it, it kind of just goes in line. And I think, I wonder what your degree of separation is like on Facebook. It's got to be insane on Facebook. Well, yeah, because the majority of it is you start, you start off, with them suggesting people you may know and you're going to instantly start clicking on, Oh, I know him. Oh, that's my mom. Oh, that's my, you know, so-and-so. And you start clicking on friends who are also friends of other people that are friends and so on. So you're starting off in this realm of people you already know or are directly connected to you or one connection away versus Twitter where you go find people. <laughs> so yeah, f- Facebook's got to be very, tight-knit. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the chat room. It says, by the end of the weekend, once at, once the podcast podcast has been released, how many GSPN.TV listeners will be following Rebecca St. James on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> She's twitter.com slash Rebecca St. St. James. So, yeah. There you go. Anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, oh, you know, the one thing, though, about the Facebook um degree of separation thing i think that probably there is a fundamental flaw with them being as connected to celebrities and 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 because if a celebrity happens to have a personal facebook account the issue there is the limit of five thousand. you know so you know ashton kutcher and and stephen colbert and jimmy fallon they can't have millions of people that they're connected to. They can only have 5,000. That's unless they create a page. But creating a page, being connected to a page, is nothing like the connection of direct ability to send a direct message back and forth. Well, I think the same thing applies to Twitter. If you're following Leo Laporte and so am I, that doesn't necessarily make you and I connected, even though there's one person away connection-wise between the two of us. Right. Because it's not a genuine connection because he's not tweeting us back yeah i guess they're talking about i I guess they're talking about what that study is just following i I, you know it'd be it'd be interesting to know what the mutual follow back and forth connection relations are yeah see i i think i i wonder what the degree of separation would be in that scenario where it's a mutual friendship meaning that you know i have the ability to direct message you know leo laporte and he has the ability to direct message me because we are following each other where instead of it being one-sided, because if it's if it's a one-sided connection, meaning I just follow them, um, then I don't necessarily know that that's really a degree of separation. Because you know that's no different than me saying, you know, hey, I I I watch Bruce Willis on on a mo- on a on a movie that he just released. You know that doesn't right. that's not necessarily a degree of separation, my friends. 
Yeah. You know, I, I read about him in Us Weekly. <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what all that stuff is. But, you know, you get the picture. Is is being connected to somebody or following them on Twitter, I don't think necessarily can, means that you're connected. So that's a good point. So I think yeah. there might be a fundamental flaw in that study altogether. It, it's the difference between knowing of someone and knowing them. Right. So, But when it comes to physically knowing these people, there are some connections. Like, for example... Um, like Stephen Curtis Chapman, I, you know, I, I'm can, I am, uh, only, let's see if you, I'm one degree removed. That means there's only one person to go through to get to that person. Right. Right. So Stephen Curtis Chapman, I'm one degree of separation removed, or you might say zero since I've met him face to face. If I've met him face to face and he knows who I am and I know who he is, then there's zero degree of separation. Right. Yeah, I would I would say so because I, I did get introduced to him backstage. I, I got my wife and I uh, got to go backstage to a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert, but that was because of a relationship of one of my podcast listeners who actually plays keyboards in the Stephen Ka- uh, Curtis Chapman band when they when he goes on tour. Right, his name is Scott Sheriff, and so Scott invited me to come to several. Actually, we've seen a couple of his shows. And uh, got to go see him behind, you know, backstage and got to meet him and have pictures taken with him. And and uh, he says, you know, hey, this is that guy I was telling you about. So, you know, you do get to meet people that you find interesting and who are, you know, in your mind, celebrities. And and that can happen through social media. So anyway, cool topic nonetheless. Yes. All right. So what is this Twitter gets time travel wrong? (laughs) <laughs> I, mi- I, mi- I missed this one. All right. This happened on July 5th. And oh, talk about... I didn't miss this one, but go ahead. Yeah. Talk about people being connected and then getting out of control. <laughs> Somebody started this where it, essentially somebody got it wrong that in the first Back to the Future movie, July 5th, 2010, they say was the day that Doc had originally set to travel to uh, in the initial thing before the Libyans drive into the mall parking lot and shoot him down. However, it was not true because every date that they travel to in Back to the Future always ends in a five. So it's actually July 5th, 2015, but Ah. it spread like wild fire not yeah. wildflower wildfire wildflowers man wildflowers love so and happiness all over the internet <laughs> on july 5th and no so i even retweeted it i saw somebody say it you retweeted it i hit retweet because oh i thought gosh. that's cool i that didn't check so it i thought funny. it sounded right <laughs> check my facts man i'm sorry oh my gosh all oh, the fake retweets i know uh, but i thought it was real oh eric no, but everybody else tell me did you it didn't. Oh, n- not everybody, my friend, because I hey. heard all about this and I did not retweet it. Most and people did it. It's it's so funny you bring it up because on July fifth, my wife and I are driving through you know <laughs> the Smoky Mountain, Tennessee area, and she says, "Oh, that's cool." And she says, uh, "You know, she she reads the tweet that this is the day that you know Back to the Future. This is the day they went to." And I'm like, "Oh, that's really cool." Right. And and it's like and then I'm sitting there going through my my mind and of course I don't know if you did this. I'm sure most people did. It's like, yeah, it'd be cool to go back and watch the movie and see what they predicted right. about what this would look like. And so I'm sitting there thinking it's like that would be cool. And then of course we could podcast about that and stuff like that. And then of course a couple hours later I was watching the Twitter stream and it's like this is why, you know, no this isn't the back to the future date. And I'm like, 
dude, that sucks. Seriously, I was I was so excited about it. But uh, yeah, gotta watch out what you're re- retweeting. Right. But even though it was false, I think the key thing for me I noticed after I figured out it was false. Stephanie probably got it from you, actually. Maybe. <laughs> um, she doesn't follow <laughs> a lot of people. A couple other people retweeted me or wrote back to me and said, that's not true. I checked it out. I fact-checked. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, nerd. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like one of those people that for – dude, you got No, I'm not a tweet spam forwarder. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I just I thought it was cool and I thought it was true and I and then I realized wait a sec no it's not true and I know why did but anyway go, did you send an apology tweet I sent out a, an email saying all right here's a correction an email what's that yeah not an email uh, a tweet oh okay there you go with a link to a blog <laughs> uh, which is like a newspaper but digital but anyway <laughs> um, no when it when it came out though. That I saw other people talking about it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. I think I'm going to get that movie out and watch it tonight too." And like, how much? I mean, seriously, if I had put out a link to an Amazon affiliate link to the Back to the Future trilogy on Amazon that day, yeah, took advantage of it. Man, do you know how many people I could have got to buy that thing today yeah. that day? Well, and and Crazy. You know, that, that's the that's the thing is is you have to. We have to understand, number one, the the power of influence that we do have when we develop a relationship of trust in 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 that is inherent, I believe, in Twitter. I I really do, because people, if they lose trust in you, they stop following. Right. So they I really believe people follow you. They care about you. Uh, or, you know, with the exception of those people who just follow everybody, you know, it's like you follow them, they follow you and they never really check their real main Twitter stream. But but the truth is, is that the people who actually follow you and actually see what you're tweeting, you have a relationship of tr- trust with them. And that's why it's, I, you know, I think it's very important that we think about what we are retweeting. But you're absolutely right. If, if you have an affiliate account with a, a product or service and and you say something and 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 people people will buy i mean i i literally made several hundred dollars because i did a blog post and then tweeted about it about the kodak zi8 camera yeah so i'm telling you yeah absolutely you're right but i'm glad that you didn't and (laughs) that you didn't (laughs) put us the link to it and then everybody went out and then they found that there's another five years before this is true yeah but that kind of leads me to the final topic, which was that same day on July 5th when I saw people talking about doing this, um, there was another hashtag coming around, and I have to credit the correct Twitter account that that started it. It's Ken Plume. It's K-E-N-P-L-U-M-E. All right. And the hashtag is pound drive-in. All right. And – I'm really hoping you get excited about this idea because what he did was he said, all right, people, we're going to watch the original Airplane movie, that comedy that's got Leslie Nielsen and everything in it, and we're going to start it at a specific time in the night. I think it was like 8 o'clock at night Eastern. Okay. And whether you had the DVD hard copy to, to pop into your DVD player or could go to a number of different streaming sites, whether it was Hulu or Netflix or whatever – They've got the timer set up. No matter what time zone you're in, you know when the countdown's going to start, and it's not like a like a TV broadcast. It's an actual, you know, either stream it live or uh, watch the DVD live. 
some collective viewing of a movie on Twitter and you use that hashtag and you can talk about it as the movie's going. Huh. So it's like a community viewing experience of a specific thing and you can either – you can follow it on that hashtag like by tweet chat or uh, join in by using your own Twitter account. And I thought this is something I want to see GSPN community do sometime is pick some you know fun movie or some, you know some movie of some sort and live watch it together. Here's my question. All right, um, I I totally love the idea of community viewing of of a certain thing like this. I I, I mean, obviously we've done that with you know live TV shows, but of course right. you know the West Coast is oftentimes uh, excluded because we're on the East Coast and what have you and and things like and this, that. This eliminates that. Right. So the only the only concern I have here, and I haven't used Tweet Chat long you know long enough or uh, recent enough to know. But when you use tweet chat, does it do an at reply so that it keeps it from going to everybody except for the people who are following that? Um, because I don't want to spam all of right. my Twitter followers with a conversation. See, this is something I'm a, I'm always concerned about. Like, for example, if you have if you go to ustream.tv, there's a social there's a social chat. Um, there's a social chat stream that you can do and and if you yeah. actually type in there but what it does is it fills up your your twitter stream so every chat message you go back and forth is a is a posted message on your twitter stream and if it you know I, we know that if like for example if i send a message and i do at eric j fisher and then say a message to you nobody that follows me is going to see that in their timelines unless they also follow you right all right. But if I was to just have a message, you know, going a message going back and forth and just put a hashtag at the end, all 2700 or whatever people I have following me are going to get every single one of those chat messages during that hour and a half or 2 hour movie. And that, my friends, will lose you a ton of followers. Right. So we'd want to figure out a way to where if you're going to write something Maybe yeah, I don't know. Is so it, it, I, I'm just saying a, the Twitter's yeah. not the Twitter's not the avenue for for a live conversation back and forth in a chat functionality is what I'm saying. So what I would think is you know sure create create the create the event, plan the time, use Twitter to promote it. But when it comes yeah. time for viewing it together and collectively having the chat, use some use technologies that that is made for that, which would be a chat room. Right. I'm always really hesitant about using my Twitter uh, account to have conversations that could potentially just fill up somebody else's Twitter stream uh, yeah. with just a bunch of my half um, half conversations. And that's one of the things that I loved what Twitter did is when they started to say, you know what? Hey, we're not going to send your tw- your co- at replies or your conversations with other people to everybody you follow uh instead only people who follow you and the person you talking you're talking to are going to get those updates i loved that i hated it at first i hated it at first and now i love it because now i'm more engaged with the people i follow for example there there are times when i'll go i only check you know sometimes i'll only check twitter maybe once or twice a day as far as the the stream goes 
But when I when I actually do have a t- time to sit down and to really view my Twitter stream, I like to at reply 13, 14, 15 people. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't – and the only people who get those messages are the people who are also following those 13 people or any of the individuals that they're that I sent out to. So I like that feature now. I didn't like it at first. But this is something, you know, with this at drive-in or this pound drive-in hashtag – I'd be very cautious if you're using tweet chat or something like that, making sure that you're just not, you know, if you've got 200 followers, making sure that all 200 followers who have no desire to watch airplane again, right. And hair have, and watch you have half conversations with other people around the world about it. Uh, just be cautious of that. Yeah. And, and I think the thing in that case, if you're going to participate in that is to watch that, that, hashtags uh, stream and before you write something maybe hit reply to somebody else yes so that you're replying to somebody out there that's also partaking of the event um, which actually saves you a lot of hassle when you're at like a conference like a pod camp or something right so the, the other thing is though is if somebody like for example they see a message um, or they see your Twitter account somehow somehow some way and then they go to your, you know, twitter.com slash GSPN. I mean, if, if all of a sudden, you know, you've got mm-hmm. an entire f- full three or four pages of tweets that are at replies, that could also, you know, turn them off as well. It, I, I don't mean to, you know, pour water on the thing. No, it's, it's how to, it's, it's, it's exactly what the show's about. It's figuring out how to use this without it being a nuisance to your followers. Right. Because they're following you for a reason, and that reason probably is not to see, you know, a full night of tweets based on <laughs> you interacting with a bunch of other people about something that possibly could be spoilerish, depending upon what you're watching. Exactly. To bring that back around to that oh, I topic. didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about the spoiler topic. So, yeah, I just yeah. don't. I, I, I think I think my overall opinion of the hash drive-in. I think it's great to use that to get people to connect. But my friends, I would encourage whoever does any of these sort of things to certainly move the conversation off of the Twitter stream. Yes. And into a place that can be used to uh, to those who are only in, involved in that in that experience. Anyway, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Social Media Serenity. We will be back again next week with more news tips and hopefully your comments and feedback at 859-795-4067. Until next time, join the community.